From the highest hill, Caitlin looked down at the thin sinew of road that joined the mainland to the island. A swell of water lapped on the kelp below the raised tarmac of the road that linked the two worlds. The hushed flapping of the water was steady and alluring for her as she leant her hips on the driver's door frame and took a sip from a thermal. The tea tasted of blood and soil. Its colour from the skimmed milk looked like the wet sand below. She gripped the lid of the flask with her thumb, the thumb that she'd sliced the top off on a new kitchen knife this morning, cutting up an apple for her porridge. The plasters were haphazardly stuck down in haste and were already peeling at the seams. The water was woven into blotches, swirling and shallow on the causeway. Gulls plunged, light-bellied brent geese swooped, barnacle geese and pink-footed geese were joined by widgeons, grey plovers and bar-tailed godwits, and then an indiscreet family of oyster-catchers, seamless in the foam, busy and agile as they scampered the inches at the nape of the tide on the hunt to prize open shellfish and bathe in the breaking tide. The heavens were slate grey. The sun was all but a gesture. The darkest clouds almost cast a shadow on themselves and the vastness of the skyline brought a steel to the island. Caitlin had made the crossing at around eleven almost exactly in the middle of the window of time in which the seawater withdrew, allowing people access to this island. But at half two, it would diverge, and the tide would make it inaccessible again, where it would remain until six o'clock, when it would once again become part of the main. Caitlin pressed her left index finger onto her left jawbone, behind her ear, and followed a gull, aggressively changed direction in flight. She could feel a tingle in the soles of her feet and on her shoulder blades, as if they were microscopic pulses, switching on and off and recharging. Her lips felt plump and crimson. She wanted to rip the plaster from her thumb and see whether the slice had already started to heal or whether the dry blood might just be acting as a clue to seal her skin back together. But it would be too soon for that. She parked on the outskirts of the only proper street that led to the beginnings of a tiny hamlet, then she took herself on foot for the rest of the day. A steady flow of walkers, dog walkers, amateur historians and general families shuffled along the only pathway towards the main street where there was a small pub as well as a few shops. The shops were for the visitors. There was a sandwich and a sweet shop that also sold ice cream an art shop with prints of puffins and tap made from shells and driftwood, and then a hub for the RSPB that also sold books and prints on the historical significance of the island, and then finally the pub. It looked closed, but it wasn't. Caitlin turned away and was shy to even look in the windows. After a long and clammy walk across the clifftops, she climbed a little gravel pathway to a bench right at the top of the hill that overlooked the bay. Behind her was a cumbersome turret. Bricks of harsh stone looked at the sea with suspicion and poise, something from the war, she thought, 
as she twisted the tin foil from the first half of her falafel wrap. Where had all the cherry tomatoes gone? She wondered. They must have sunk. It was a silent lunch, both for Caitlin and for the island. Then she realised why. With only half an hour remaining until the tide leaked back over the causeway and isolated everyone on the island, people were urgently marching to the car park to evacuate. Caitlin had always planned to be here all day though, so she unveiled the second half of her wrap and finally found the tomatoes, all gathered at the base like marbles. Then the smell of visitors faded and emptied, and then the following hours were muted. The streets emptied. She climbed down the hill and the occasional resident emerged from their ramshackle bungalow and potted in their gardens to take out bins. They were like spiders in the night. She trotted down to the water again and set her sights on the ruins of a castle on the edge of the bay. It was a dour but graceful walk alongside the beach. Grass tufts blotted right up to where the pebbles, shingle and slate began to form layers of smoky pewter and tatty seaweed. She buttoned up her raincoat and then couldn't see anyone between herself and the ruins. The outline of the stone ahead were lines that didn't intersect but the vertex of half of the stonework led to a slight curve and then the gradient of lines on the right seemed to fall away into the sea. She was a little out of breath so she took a few minutes on the bench that overlooked some beach fishing boats on the pebbles. They must have been winched up somehow and now lay comatose on the rocks. There was movement in the grass ahead, a hazel and khaki shuddering in the green, and then she saw a mustard-coloured beak leading to a head. She remained very still but craned her neck and eyes towards the movement. It might be a kestrel, she thought, or something like that. It was sitting on the grass with its wings outstretched. It looked as if it was airing them or using the grass to pick a scratch or two from the underside of the feathers. She couldn't see its face anymore, only the back of its little head, and it was making her heart bounce in her chest, and her thick fringe curled and stuck to her forehead with moisture and excitement. She slowed her breathing so as not to alarm the bird. She tried to match its movements. When it moved, she moved. And then came a clattering of its wings, and a cumbersome takeoff to float towards the bay. Then she stopped and looked ahead and she saw nothing. No birds, people, insects or animals. And she felt like an asteroid. Not a planet, nor a comet, but a small pile of rubble on an island of slate. She was an icy body with no atmosphere. She was visible to the naked eye, but only for a short period of time, because she was hidden and wedged in the clefts of other matter. She was muted in the shade. She was polyhymnia.